1: Today is the day the bracket gets set. Who's got to play their way in?
2: Who's the overall number one seed? And what path will be set before the Texas Longhorns to get to the final four in Houston? Let's find out. It's the Selection Sunday Show on The Horn. car going to drive past MJ Rice to the hoop, win reverse side to lay it in. Turns with a jump stop in the lane, in some trouble, then spins around and drops it in with the right hand. He took MJ Rice to school. Longhorns have it on a run out, three on one. Rice lob it in, a one-handed throwdown. Texas up 20, they're blowing out Kansas in Kansas City. The Big 12 Conference Tournament champions, the Texas Longhorns for 2023. Absolutely, indeed. The Longhorns are Big 12 champions, and this is the Horns Selection Day Special. It's Christmas Eve for all college basketball junkies and fans. Ahead of one of the best weeks on the sports calendar, the start of the 68-team March Madness Tournament. The bracket is revealed today. First, though, we got to figure out how the bracket lays out. Who are the one seeds? What about the uh, Big 12 tournament champion Longhorns? They're seemingly locked in as the number 2 seed, but with their third win, 3 win performance in Kansas City, including a second straight Saturday blowout of Kansas... Certainly, the Longhorns in the conversation is one of the four number 1 national seeds. We'll find out shortly and be right here with you as the bracket is revealed. I'm Aaron Hogan playing point guard with our Horns Who Pet experts, Isaiah Collier from Middays with Chad and Zay, and the man who has sat courtside for most all of the Longhorns home games this season, and hear him every day on the uh, the Ball Don't Lie program. The idealion there himself is Patrick Davis. Also, our man Jeff Howe from Light the Tower and Horns 24-7 is live at the Moody Center. He'll be there as the Longhorns watch the bracket unfold, and we'll check in with him live and of course, you will hear from you on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Zay, Patrick, are we ready, man? It's Christmas Eve. What's up, fellas?
1: You feeling good today? Love those Longhorns win last night. How y'all doing? Doing good. Patrick?
0: I yeah, mean, man. Uh, it is a fun day to be in here after that, uh, that performance in the Big 12 tournament.
2: Whoo. Yeah, man. Three straight games and then a blowout win over Kansas. You just heard Craig Way saying it in his excellent play-by-play, as always. They are schooling Kansas. I mean, Kansas is going to be a one seed here coming up, by the way. South region, Alabama already announced as the number one seed in the South region, as we keep you posted. We weren't sure how CBS was going to do their coverage, announcing all four one seeds or go one by one. Kind of seems like they're going to do region by region here in Alabama coming off of their very impressive performance at the SEC Championship, including a blowout win over Texas A&M in the championship game. They are a one seed, and rightfully so, at 29-5. and But Patrick, you, as I said, have sat courtside at most all the Longhorn home games, producing the games for Craig and Eddie. Uh, What we saw in Kansas City was maybe the best-looking Longhorn team we've seen all year long. Yeah, I mean, I think when you saw Dylan DeSue be able to stay on the court for,
0: for all of these games, not to get into foul trouble, which has been a big problem for him this entire season. That's just a huge advantage that Texas has on all these teams is a player like Dylan DeSue to come in and just add in a wrinkle when you're like, all right, we're going to stop Jabari Rice, we're going to stop Marcus Carr,
2: and then now Dylan DeSue comes in and gives you another 15 points a game. Yeah. It's huge. Most outstanding player of that tournament, is, hey the Pflugerville Uh, Native and uh, what a performance And it's impossible to say they're better Without Timmy Allen on the floor But it felt like for me, just the observer You guys are the hoops experts With with Timmy Allen out with the ankle injury They went to the three-guard lineup I thought uh, Dylan DeSue and Dylan Mitchell had great uh, chemistry in the front. And then the three-guard lineup, they spread the floor and attacked uh, off the dribble with uh, the, the three guards and Marcus Carr and uh, Serge Jabari Rice and, and Tyrese Hunter. That was really impressive to see what they did over three days in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, shout out to Coach Terry and this coaching staff. What a job they did this past weekend. These three games from Oklahoma State, TCU, and then the Kansas beat them by 20. Yeah, they didn't have Kevin McCuller. Yeah, they didn't have Bill Sell. But like you said, E, no Timmy Allen. and and this coaching staff being able to adjust on the fly and then Dylan DeSue being able to thrive from that. you finally seeing him coming into his own. It seemed like last year he was just laboring that knee a little bit too much. And then that Baylor game, he really went off with 24 points. And ever since then, his confidence has been out the yin-yang. So those push-shot floaters, him and Marcus Carr, that two-man game that they did at the end when Arterio Morris and Serge Barry oh. Rice are spotting up and Brock Cunningham sliding along that baseline. That's good stuff. And I think this coaching staff, now this week, they might have some adjusting to be made because now with Timmy Allen being on the bench and observing, you might want to go with Serge Barry Rice starting in this first yeah. game and have Timmy Allen coming off the bench with what you saw and how good they were offensively. Well, yeah. And
0: we know Arterio Morris earned minutes. And he, this, he had to step up because you lose Jabari Rice off the bench. You lose that spark off the bench, which is so important for this Texas team that has trouble scoring at points. He's been the guy to come in and give him that spark. Artiro Morris brought that, and so now he's earned minutes in that rotation as well. So we'll see. I mean, I think we could see, depending on matchups, more of Timmy Allen kind of push into the power forward position and try and play one big and put Timmy in that rotation a little bit more and pull him off the guards just to
2: let those guards get in there and try and score some more. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And uh, Christian Bishop was really good off the bench, too, when, when he was spelling. He was a man up there in Kansas City as well. And, Denze, how about the, uh, the alley-oop dunk from Jabari to Rice oh, to oh Arterio Morris? He had his elbow above the rim. The throwdown was nasty.
1: You know, I know Kansas fans were having deja vu of when Bobby Hurley threw that lob to Grant Hill back in 91 (laughs) National Championship. That might have been one of the nastiest lobs that they've seen. But yeah, his head was at the backboard to make it 70 to 50 at that moment. Just blew up the game. You heard how hyped Craig was. That gave me goosebumps. And yeah, I agree with you, Patrick. Arterio Morris, he's playing at another level right now. And them playing with that eight-man rotation, I think it was good going into the tournament because Timmy Allen, he's the type of player with him being like a six-year senior. Senior and him being that veteran guy, he could see that the Horns were thriving this week, and I think he could take a step back and find his spots once the tournament starts. All
2: right, let's give you some breaking news. We mentioned Alabama is the number 1 overall seed in the South region. Uh, Arizona has been announced as the number 2 overall seed in that South region with Baylor as the 3. Also, West Virginia out of the Big 12 is the 9 seed playing Maryland in a good uh, Big 10 Big 12 matchup in the first round come Thursday. But your top 3 in the South, Alabama, um, You know, Arizona and then Baylor, and then the four seed is Virginia. So your South region is kind of set the top, you know, 16 teams there. So we'll follow them as they go. Uh, Let's ask you point blank, Zay and Patrick, should Texas? I'm on Twitter arguing that Texas has a strong argument for a number one overall seed, not a two. Uh, And I know, you know, it, it really comes down to Houston or Purdue because I think Kansas has earned their right with the number one, you know, the top team for quad one wins all year long with 16. But at the end, Texas has 14 quad one wins. They've beaten Kansas in blowout fashion on back-to-back Saturdays. They've got a win over Gonzaga, who's going to be a number 2 seed in this tournament. They've got a a really impressive win over Baylor uh, here. I mean, they've got really quality wins, where a team like Houston, Zay, uh, has seven quad one wins, but their best win all year is against Virginia. Which is a you know, four seed in this tournament. Right,
1: right. Yeah. And if you're Houston losing to Memphis today, yeah. that might be a setback. But I think what the committee's gonna look at, they didn't have Marcus Sasser. He was the AAC player of the year. And that might be huge for Houston moving forward. If they don't have him like a couple other teams in this tournament, UCLA, they're without Jaden Clark, you know, we just saw Kevin McCullough out this weekend for Kansas. So a lot of these number one seeds, they might be without some of their key players and that might, you know, you look at that going into the tournament tournament but uh, yeah Houston just losing three games I think the committee they're going to put them at that number one even though I'd like to see Texas there
0: yeah I mean I agree I, I think Texas has full right to be there uh, I mean Creighton another team that Texas handled this year yeah. is already a six seed we can put in West Virginia at nine handled them a couple times this season like you can look through and I think Texas and Kansas are probably going to have the most teams in the bracket that they have beaten during this season so I, I figure you put them at the one seed I get you don't it, – it seems Big 12-centric. It's going to depend on who in the committee has been watching Big 12 basketball all season because if they have – they will know the level of play there deserves two
2: teams at the number one seed. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I, to me, it's about resume. It's about who have you beaten. And I understand Texas has eight losses, and that's a pretty big number in the loss column. But you do play in the toughest conference in America. Brett Yormark, the commissioner, has said there are no nights off in the Big Twelve. That's the motto, and there aren't. I mean, you you play a, a B minus C level game on the road at Texas Tech, you're going to lose. You're going to get beat. Yeah, uh, you're going to lose those games in this conference. Houston, you know, they can they can kind of coast through their conference. I believe out of the American Athletic Conference, they're going to be one of two teams in, and Memphis had to beat them today to get in for Penny Hardware. <laughs> yeah. They would have only had one uh, in the tournament. So it's a different road through the American Athletic Conference than it is the Big 12. Uh, let me ask you this, day Does it matter? I mean, if Texas is a two-seed, which of the four one-seeds – let me ask you this. Who do you think the one-seeds are going to be? When We know Alabama's one. They've been ultra-impressive. Brandon Miller and, uh, you know, they shoot the threes like crazy with Nate Oates. And, uh, man, they're really good at every spot. Uh, they're They're deserving of a one. But – So the other three, who do you think they're going to be?
1: I think it'll be Purdue, Houston, and then Kansas.
2: And so if you're Texas, you want to be the two-seed in which... I mean, won, you want Kansas again because you've <laughs> already beat him twice. Technically,
1: we don't know what's going to go on with Bill self. Hopefully, he's, he's well been released from the coach. hospital today, yeah. by the way. Okay, good deal with that. But, yeah. I mean, you would want Kansas, maybe Houston, again, with the Marcus Sasser situation. You don't know with them. We saw Oklahoma, they beat the brakes off Alabama this year, they did. and you beat Oklahoma twice. So you know, obviously those things don't matter. Each matchup is different. Each game is different. They have each game has their own identity. But yeah, I, Purdue is the team I don't want to see. I agree. With big old Zach Eady. Yeah. Everybody size. Everybody comparing him to Yao Ming. I know how you know about that Yao Ming. Eve, you being a Houston fan and all. I don't think he's that quite good. Yao Ming had some serious touch and a little bit of range to him. But yo, at seven four, I don't think there's been a seven four force in the college it's basketball since Ralph Sampson exactly the stick baby so and he has way more mass than ralph Sampson. and painter does a really good job of finding him he does a really good job at sealing in the lane and not being in there too long he gets to his moves quick right or left hand and if you don't double them then you're screwed and it's hard to double him because they have so many shooters on the outside but his moves are so quick once he catches the ball all he has to do is turn over the right shoulder left shoulder for these jump hooks and that's a bucket he had 30 today
2: all right, they're about to announce the Midwest number one overall seed on TV, and it's Houston. It is Houston yeah. as the Midwest number one at thirty-one and three now, even with the loss today. And you know, we talked all last week. Say, so I do believe, and even though I'm arguing for Texas and what they did in the Big Twelve tournament, last couple of years have shown you the tournament selection committee really goes on regular season. The tournaments are somewhat important, but it's really about the body of work uh, for the entirety of the season. And uh, Houston, with over thirty wins, they were in the in the final four one year last year. Uh, and played as a one seed. I mean, Kelvin Sampson's done a great job. So they they earned their one seed even with a loss to Memphis today. That means two of the ones are gone Uh, what do you make of the Houston Cougars? And it does look like Marcus Sasser with a groin injury will be ready to play on Thursday or Friday. Actually, they're going to play in Birmingham on Thursday. But uh, word out of Houston is he's going to be okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a heck of a player. He had a heck of a season this year, and he was hurt all of last season. If people forget, you know, they would have probably went far further than they did. And we know the Austin native, Maynard alum, Jamal Shedd, he's just a heck of a player defensively, offensively, he's everything that Kelvin Sampson wants out of a point guard who would not want a player like that he's strong, he's tough, and then Jarrence Walker, who's their lottery pick guy, he's huge down low. Could do a little bit of everything at six nine, has in and out game, three level score. He could post you up, shoot the fadeaway, and yeah, they're a force to be reckoned with. So obviously today against Penny Hardaway's Tiger squad with no sasser, they got the L but yeah, I've liked them all year long. But you'll see next year when they get to the Big twelve, they'll be facing the real competition E <laughs> Patrick. Night in, night out. Yeah, yeah, it'll get real. They'll have to <laughs> Experience what the horns had to experience these last few years for sure.
2: No nights out, no nights off in the Big Twelve. But uh, your thoughts on Houston as a one, Patrick?
1: Yeah, I mean, I get why
2: they put him in there. Yeah, you
0: lose three games in a season; it's it's hard to not put you in. Uh, you like to see him play harder competition. The fact they're going to the Big Twelve makes me want to fault them less for their for their competition because you say, look, you are trying to fix. They're the trying problem. to get there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're going to be moving up there, and they're a tough team. They're one of those teams that you know you you're going to get into a fight when you go play against them. And so it's it's something that if Texas has to go up against a team like Houston, you better
2: bring your A game be focused and be ready to get hit on the ground a few times. They're gonna D you up like crazy, yeah. Kelvin Sampson teams do and you know, Kelvin Sampson's a great story. He had the the issues at in Indiana and Oklahoma with the NCAA. went to the NBA because he couldn't coach in college basketball for a while and kind of resuscitated and learned a lot from the Houston uh, Rockets. And now he's come back and really built a juggernaut of a program. Uh, they are the number one seed in the Midwest region. Iowa State is going to be the sixth seed in the Midwest, by the way. That's just been announced. Uh, but I'll say this, the, the when we talk about teams, if you're Texas, you don't want to be in the bracket with X. Uh, I'm going to put Duke in that conversation today yeah. for what they just did at the ACC tournament so I'll be watching eagerly on what the Duke draw looks like. Well, What 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 seed do you think Duke gets based on their regular season with all the young guys but John Shire has brought them along and they're playing their best basketball right now. Well, what, what, what number do you think Duke gets when this is all said and done? I think
1: they could creep up to a number three seed. I mean they've won about nine straight games maybe around ten and then what they did in the ACC tournament was really impressive for John Shire it's just been about health with his squad. His team is really young And their guys, they have three really good freshmen and Lively, Whitehead, and Flapowski. Whitehead and Lively, they've been hurt all year long. So now that they're getting healthy along with some of those other guys that we saw, you know, playing the Final Four last year, like Jeremy Roach, they're ready to go. So they're clicking at the right time, and that's what you want this time of year in March. So I'm with you, Ei would not want to see Duke either. They got size, they got leadership, they got good guard play, and again, they're healthy at the right time.
2: All right, let's go to uh, Patrick. Let's fire up CBS here because they're going to get to the bottom of this bracket with the 7-10 matchup and then the 2-15. This could be the Longhorns in the bracket with Houston. Let's listen to what CBS Texas has to say. A&M. Coach Buzz Williams, SEC Coach of the Year, takes All right, Aggies the 7th seed in the Midwest.
1: <laughs> wow, that's a tough seed for them, finishing second in the regular season, 15-3, and three, and then making it to the finals. They've got a Big Ten
2: team in their sights because... The number 10 seed, the Nittany Lions of Penn State at 22 and 13. First time since 2011, the Nittany Lions will be part of the NCAA tournament. Remember, they've got Jalen Pickett rolling for them in all Big Ten first team selection. And rounding out the Midwest region, the number two seed, the Texas Longhorns. Fourth team out of the Big 12. Boy, they knocked off top seed Kansas for the Big 12 title. And they will play 15-seeded Colgate. The Raiders out of the Patriot League. All right, there you go, live on CBS with Greg Gumble. The Longhorns are the two seed and you don't have to listen long to realize if they win, they're likely going to play Texas A and M uh potentially in a round two matchup. They're in the bracket with Houston as the number one overall seed. And uh, the Longhorns were there at the Moody Center. They're going to play a toothpaste coming up on uh, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Thursday, by the way, it's Colgate Day. What do you know about Colgate? Off the top of your head, nothing. Not much. <laughs> no. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a toothpaste re- I used to take.
1: Yeah, they're really fundamentally sound. You know that they're going <laughs> to pass the ball around. They're going to use that clock. They got shooters and a lot of tough guys, but probably not much athleticism, Patrick. Probably well, not much.
2: Well, how about the draw with uh, I heard I heard uh, one of the guys it was either Jay Wright or Clark Kellogg saying that A and M surprised to see them all the way down at the seven after the finish they've had over the last, you know, month and a half, including playing all the way to Alabama with the championship game at the SEC at twenty five and nine, and they're a seven, that's a tough draw for Texas if they're if they're able to handle Colgate on Thursday in Des Moines, they're gonna play the Aggies potentially.
0: Yeah. I mean that is that's not the draw you want in the second game. I think the rest of the bracket I like a lot for us being in there. But yeah, that that uh that weekend game uh coming up
2: here uh, that will be a Saturday be. game with Texas and Texas A and M. About some foreshadowing. And in I know Des Moines, know, Iowa, where they De really Mo- respect this rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be crazy in Des Moines, baby. Come on, now, let's go, Des Menez. That's where They're going to be you know firing this thing up. But uh, Yagi's yeah, Aggies they have been playing great basketball for Buzz Williams. They can d it up. They like to play games in the '60s. Uh, they and, and you know I know the game with Alabama was not their best. This just a minute, just yesterday, but they're playing their best basketball right now.
1: Yeah, they definitely are. It starts with Wade Taylor the fourth. He's averaging around 17 points a game. He could really go. Buzz Williams' team, they have a lot of athleticism. They put a lot of pressure on you and then you look at that other matchup that could possibly be there in the second round in Penn State. We just saw them take uh, Purdue to the wire and Purdue most likely will get a number one seed. Just talking about Zach Eady and what he could do. So, no matter what, that's going to be a tough matchup and I'm with Patrick. Everything else looks pretty good where I was state is at six you got houston at number one and yeah i i dig it so hey it's gonna be tough no matter what this is the tournament this is what it is this is what you play gotta for bring and yeah you got to bring it for sure
2: playing the toothpaste tube on Thursday <laughs> in Des Moines, uh, ahead of maybe. Now, Penn State could take the Aggies down as a 10-7. Those are always coin flip kind of ball games, but I would take the Aggies right now uh, the way they've been playing, and uh, what a matchup. Now, somebody had texted us on our Specs text line, and we will be here till 7 o'clock, so uh, two hours of live coverage. We're going to check in with Jeff Howe down at Moody Center where the Longhorns are here at some point. Uh, hoping to check in down there and uh, get an update of the of the scene setter and what's going on there. But Longhorns the two seed in the Midwest. Houston's the one. Marquette, by the way, a lot of people thought Chaka Smart's Marquette team would be in their bracket. They are not. Whew. They're not in uh, – and you know that's probably good today because Marquette's playing some good basketball. They just won the Big East tournament and had a great season for Coach Smart uh, there at Marquette, but uh, the draw is out. Texas is the two seed. They will not be the one. Now it did feel like, and I was, you know, on Twitter debating folks should be Houston be a, a two, Texas be a one. It feels like Patrick that the law, that Houston was the last one seed, and that Texas was the first two seed. Yeah, that- like if you're doing the snake, right, one, two, three, four. Texas is five, so they get into the bracket with Houston, which is probably where you want to be. Am I am I right on that? Yeah, that's what I, it looks like. I, I, that's why I like the rest of this
0: bracket is because you're in a, conference, in a bracket that's not that difficult. A&M's really hot right now. That seems like a weird position for them to be all the way at seven in a bracket, but maybe that's a snake where they're the top seven, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I guess they really waited that beginning of the season on them. I'll say one good thing about if you're playing the Aggies in game two, there is no reason to not be up for that game. Yeah. So, you know, there's a time where Texas has come out slow in some of these games and not been up for them and, you know, kind of looked past some of the lower opponents in the Big 12 and had to come back to beat them. That 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 doesn't happen when you're playing the when you're playing
2: a and No. No, they'll be up. They'll be up. It's even in Des Moines. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Longhorn fans and Aggie fans who want to make that trip up to uh to Iowa. Hey, you can go see uh, Field of Dreams and all that kind of stuff. Flying <laughs> to Chicago. Maybe spend St. Patrick's Day at Chicago. They always have a great parade. They dye the uh, the river green, and you could have fun with that and then get over to the game. Game's Thursday, by the way. Just so you know, the A&M game would be Saturday. If you want to watch, that'd be, that would be a good trip. Watch the game on Thursday in Chicago while they dye the river green and have St. Patrick's Day, and then – Get over to Des Moines for the game on Saturday if the Longhorns win and the Aggies win, that'd be a lot of fun. Not a long drive at all from Chicago down to uh, to Des Moines, Iowa. Okay, let's get to uh, a quick timeout because TV's gone to a timeout. We want to follow this as we go. We know the two number one seeds so far uh, are Alabama, uh, with Arizona is the two in the Midwest. It's Texas is the two with uh, Houston as the one. Quick timeout. We'll come right back. It is our March Madness Selection Sunday special here on the Horn. Aaron Hogan, Isaiah Collier, Patrick Davis. Live coverage on a Sunday of the Bracket Selection Show, the uh, Selection Sunday program. And uh, another number one scene has been announced. That is Kansas out of the Big 12. Longhorns beating them uh, pretty resoundingly on back to back Saturdays, but they're a one seed with 16 quad one wins this year. The champions of the regular season in the Big 12. They're the one in the West, uh, the West region. Uh, by the way, TCU just announced as a sixth seed in the West region, playing Arizona State Nevada winner in the play in game coming up this week. Um, but TCU headed to Denver as far as Big 12 teams go. But it's Aaron Hogan, Isaiah Collier, and Patrick Davis. We are taking your text and immediate response on the Specs text line of the Longhorns being the number 2 seed in the Midwest region. Houston is the number 1. The Longhorns will play Colgate on Thursday in Des Moines, Iowa. They win that game, a potential matchup with Texas A&M in the second round of the tournament on Saturday. Can we hear, because somebody just texted and said, hey, don't look past Colgate, ha, 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 we, uh, let's not forget two years ago. And remember the Longhorns with Shaka Smart, won the Big 12 tournament, lost to Abilene Christian in the first round of the tournament. I pulled this sound and uh, sent it to Patrick from Brock Cuttingham, who was one of uh, one the only member of this team that was on that team a couple of years ago that lost that game. Uh, Shaka Smart's now at Marquette. Courtney Ramey's now at Arizona. Uh, but Brock Cuttingham remembers that and had this to say on Saturday after the Longhorns won the Big 12 championship. You know, you only take this win for one night. I've been a part of a team that won this tournament and then was on the receiving end of a terrible upset that first game. So we'll have this game for tonight and then we'll get back to work on Monday after selection show Sunday. And say that's something you like about this team, yeah. the, the maturity of this group and there's a guy that sounds like he's you know, somebody's dad and <laughs> he's playing basketball for for Texas. That's the kind of maturity you want. We're going to celebrate this thing, we want it, but man, it's 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 Now the most important games of the year come.
1: Absolutely, and Brock Cunningham was terrific last night. He's been struggling as of late, and it seems like he hasn't really been knocking down that shot, that outside shot where he's shooting 42%. I mean, you can't leave him open, especially when he sets his feet. And he hit a couple last night were huge. He had a nice little fadeaway, and then he had that one possession where the ball was bouncing around, and he got the offensive rebound, and ended up dishing it to Serge Ibari Rice for an and-one finish that kind of really separated the game between Kansas so you need all of Brock Cunningham you know what he's gonna give you he's gonna bring that toughness be that glue guy and when he's hitting that three-point shot it's just a plus so a guy that's played a lot of Texas basketball and I know if they make it past that second round and AM happens to make it past that second round talk about somebody that's gonna be ready Patrick <laughs> Brock Cunningham being the Austin native Westlake alum he gonna be ready
0: for that one. oh I think he's ready for it already <laughs> but he knows he knows he got to play Colgate first he, he's right. got that right attitude of, hey, man, look, guys, this is, we're having fun, but again, he said sometimes this team has not gotten up for, for games they really need to get up for. Brock Cunningham leading this way. Uh, hopefully, Timmy Allen will be back. You'll have a lot of veterans in there. It feels like a good meeting to, uh, to get through Colgate and just play smart basketball, don't have to do too much, and then go out on Saturday and prove to the world that uh, you're ready to go take this tournament.
2: Yeah, agreed. And obviously, the Aggies currently have scoreboard on the Longhorns because they knocked the Longhorn baseball team out of the College World Series last year with a win in Game Two, the Two and Barbecue game. So currently, the Aggies are feeling a little bit. Uh, hey, we could end the Longhorn season again as a seven-two, a seven-two matchup. But obviously, long time between now and Saturday. Got to get through your Penn State game for you, for the Texas A&M fan. Got to get through Colgate. If you were Texas and uh, things are coming quick and fast here. So but let's, uh, you know, we're, we're 25, 26 minutes into this broadcast, live broadcast on a Sunday. We're going to check in over at Moody Center with Jeff Howe coming up. Longhorns are the two seed in the Midwest region with Houston is the one. It was just announced that uh, Kansas is the one seed in the West. The two seed will be UCLA. The three seed is Gonzaga. So uh, they sent Kansas West and they're going to deal with two of the best teams on the West Coast, obviously with the Zags and uh, the Bruins. Out there at two and three. TCU is the sixth seed in that bracket. But let's talk about Rodney Terry. And I know, uh, you know, Zay, you and I know, I mean, I, I, I went to St. Edwards and Rodney was finishing at St. Ed's as a star guard at, uh, for, the, for the Hilltoppers when I was getting to St. Ed's. And his legend is pretty well known on the Hilltop uh, in South Austin. And he, but, but as he left St. Edwards... He went and became a middle school coach, and he coached with your dad (laughs) at Bowie High School, uh, climbed the ladder, and this guy, at 55 years old, has come in in some really tough circumstances. Yes, he was a a top assistant for Rick Barnes and went to a Final Four um, back with Rick and T.J. Ford and those guys, but then you know, cut his teeth at Fresno State, at uh, UTEP, and has gotten this opportunity, and man, to say he's done a good job would be the understatement of the year. He's done an incredible job with he and this coaching staff of navigating this with a veteran team. Uh, when a lot of teams might have gone off the rails day, eh? uh, yep. when all this went down. Here they are as a two-seed and a chance to uh, to make a run.
1: Yeah, nobody knew what would happen when the Chris Beard thing went down in December. And I'm so proud of Coach Terry. You know, he's family to me. My grandpa and his dad were brothers. So, wow. you know, his, great, his grandpa or his dad, excuse me, who just passed away. That was my great cousin Calvin and my pops. I talked to him last night. He couldn't even watch the game, fellas. He couldn't even watch the game because he just Coach Terry means so much to him and he wants Coach Terry to do so well. And, you know, I know so much pride for my whole family. So to see Coach Terry and to see him get choked up in his press conference yesterday when he mentioned his dad and how grateful he was. And you saw just the team and how they embrace him, how much, you know, they they love the guy and they want him to stand. You heard Dick Vitale last night basically calling out Chris Del Conte and we, we know that whatever happens in this tournament. Has a lot to do who gets the job, but man, I couldn't be more proud of Coach Terry and what he's done this year.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I was there that the night of the first game where we're when I was driving to the arena to go set up, we still didn't know what the situation was going to be at Coach uh, with Chris Beard not being there. Ronnie Terry gets the news. You can tell he was very emotional on that day, but since then, he still comes out before every game before the fans get in, and he's out with the players before the game. Uh, while they're warming up, which a lot of head coaches is not how they operate. He's just kind of stayed the same level-headed guy. Uh, but just you couldn't root for a better guy to be in this situation. And for a lot of people that thought there was doom and gloom on that when Chris Beard was not going to be able to come back, to be a two-seed in the tournament, one of Texas' best outings going into the tournament ever, it's 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 really surreal to see that he's been able to do this with this team. And uh, it feels like this could be a team of destiny if they're able to put it together. And get through a few weekends, it could be really special.
2: Patrick, the um, you were at the you were on the sidelines and courtside for the game against Kansas a week ago, right? Not the one this week here in uh, Kansas City, but you were there. I was I was at that game, and it's there's something about this team that I don't know. Coach Terry talked about after they lost back to back games at TCU and then and Baylor. Where they just kind of, I don't know, they kind of, they didn't play their best. They didn't look like, they knew how important those games were to win the Big 12 regular season championship. Uh, they didn't play great. And uh, Rodney talked about, Coach Terry talked about an intentional practice on Friday where there was really kind of like a come to Jesus conversation about what we're going to be, where we're going to go. And they went out and blew out Kansas. They just won the Big 12 tournament with three straight wins and another blowout win to the Jayhawks. What did you see in that game on Saturday, that, that Saturday? that Because I just saw great body language from Dis, from uh, Jabari Rice and Tyrese Hunter. I saw great body language from Brock, from uh, Dylan Cunning, uh, Dylan DeSue. This felt like there was something different about that group. You saw them all year. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, there's points where I know it's hard to
0: say this, but it's hard to have focus and have fun. And this team plays really good when they're just playing basketball and they're not overthinking things. And they're not holding the ball and dribbling too much. They're making good passes. Everybody's moving. And that starts on the defensive end and focusing a lot on the defensive end because that's how you get steals. That's how you get uh, rebounds. And at points of the season, they seem to fall off on that a little bit. And at that Kansas game, they were locked in. During this Big 12 tournament, they have been locked in. And that when you get to see that, That's when you see the fun come out. Timmy Allen is a guy who's always smiling. And then you can see Marcus Carr start smiling. And then Jabari Rice is going to try and get the crowd up. It's so much fun, this team, when they're playing well. And it really is when they can focus on defense, then they have so much fun on the offensive end. But when they're allowing second, third chance points because they're not getting rebounds, letting guys back cut on them, that's when you see it. Now they're coming down and thinking about how they messed up on defense on the offensive end and it becomes a longer uh, road for them to to fight back into it. Body language isn't what you want to see.
1: Yeah, they really dominated the boards these last three games against Oklahoma State, TCU, and Kansas. These last three losses against Texas Tech, TCU, and then Baylor, they got killed on the boards. Yeah. They got killed. And I know every team going into the scouting report when they face Texas, however far they go, that's what the scout report's going to be. Let's attack the offensive glass so we can get second-chance points and second-chance uh, uh, possessions, while Texas now limit their possessions because we know they could get hot very quickly but what we saw these last three games gentlemen Rodney Terry and his coaching staff they can mix and match multiple lineups. I mean, we've saw we've seen it all year long, but not having Timmy Allen and seeing that you could go to Dylan DeSue and he could just work out. Like, you could feed the post. When was the last time we said that about a big man where we could feed the post and you're confident in them, They're one-on-one, going and get you a bucket? Like, DeSue, he was dominating KJ Adams. I don't know if that was an Austin rivalry or something like that. Him knowing, okay, KJ, you're an Austin guy. I'm an Austin native guy. I'm going to take it to you. But he really showed us something this weekend, which that's why he was... Was the Big 12 tournament most outstanding player. Dylan DeSue was amazing. Christian Bishop, he was great too. He's starting to finally get that rhythm back. Kind of like what we saw in Manhattan at Kansas State where he had that 14 points in the second half. And if those bigs, including Brock Cunningham and Dylan Mitchell, I thought he was solid too. If those guys keep on playing well, they take so much pressure off Carr, uh, Car, Hunter, Rice, even Arterio Morris when he comes in and Arterio, he was great this weekend too. Now if you put Timmy Allen back in the game whether you start him or bring him off the bench I think he's going to find his role it's just about you know which game can he make an impact
2: well I, g- I agree with you. say I wouldn't as we said off the top I wouldn't mess with that three-guard lineup that started the games in Kansas City with Timmy Allen being out with the ankle precautionary I mean they were the the, the floor spacing was so much better and and as you told me off the air and I reiterated that uh, Dylan DeSue and, and Dylan Mitchell just seemed to play really well together uh, on that front line, and I agree with you that uh, Mitchell, that Sioux kind of took it to to, uh, to KJ Adams, the Big Twelve's most improved player as voted by the coaches, which was good. It, I don't know, maybe it was because I was at the game on that Saturday when they played Kansas, and it just felt like what you said—they they stopped thinking. Almost Rodney Terry convinced them, guys, you're good. Just play and you know, just play basketball. Quit quit overthinking this game. And go play. And guess what? As the game went on at the Moody Center that Saturday, Zay, uh, uh, Patrick, you could tell that they were the better team. And you almost sense this confidence. Hey, we're playing Kansas here and we're better than them uh, outside of Jalen Wilson at almost every position. And they carried that right into the tournament and they beat them again. There's just a, a sense hey, hey, we're pretty good team. We're yeah, and pretty I mean, good
0: team. And we can see with Timmy Allen out, even when Timmy Allen comes back. Dylan Mitchell was much more decisive when the ball came his way, making quick cuts to the basket or quick passes and not letting the defenses reset, which made it so Dylan DeSue had a little bit more room to work. Yep. Because if you have Dylan Mitchell and Timmy Allen both in the lineup, there's a lot of sagging off because neither one of those can really spread the court. Uh, Timmy Allen's not shooting threes, and Dylan Mitchell's probably only 10 feet, 15 feet from the basket. Mm-hmm. So you can sag off and help on Dylan sue a little bit more. Once D- Dylan Mitchell starts cutting on those guys who are sagging five feet off of him, they can't get back in his face and he can dunk the ball. And Timmy Allen, just when he catches that ball, you need to cut and go right at him because they're going to be coming out and you're going to get them on the back of their heels. We saw with three point shooters in the lineup. Now they couldn't even give a little bit extra help because Marcus Carr, Jabari Rice, Tyrese Hunter can all kill you from behind the arc. So that was definitely a big thing going forward. You go, hey, man, we may
2: need to clear out and just make sure we clear out enough room for some of these big guys to work. Yeah. And would it be the wrong thing, Zay, to. Keep that and bring Zay, bring uh, Timmy Allen in for Dylan Mitchell. No,
1: no. If I'm Timmy Allen, I'm going Roshan Johnson on them. I'm going to coach. I'm like, hey, coach, I saw what we did this past weekend in these last three games. I'm good coming off the bench. Yeah. I'm okay coming off the bench because I agree with you, Patrick. Dylan Mitchell and Timmy Allen – I don't think they're good together in the game. Defensively, you could get stops and both of those guys are solid defenders when they're both locked in. But offensively, it could really make things congested, especially when you don't have the shooters outside, which, you know, we saw this weekend when Dylan Dassue has the ball on the post and you're not allowed to help on him, like Patrick said, with Carr Hunter and Rice, because all of those guys are shooters, it enables him to work out and get those nice little floaters and runners that he's been so good at as of late. And plus Shout out to Coach Donawald. I know he has uh, offensive responsibilities. Them going to that two-man game with Marcus Carr and Dylan DeSue on that left wing and just having those guys pick and roll and dominate. Like You saw some things this past weekend I haven't seen all year, like those inverted pick and rolls where Christian Bishop would have the ball and Marcus Carr would set the uh, on-ball screen for him, and Christian Bishop would go downhill. And, you know, as a big, you're not used to guarding that. So both guys go with Christian Bishop, and that allowed Marcus Carr to hit a three. And then you saw kind of a Princeton offense feel where they would throw it to Brock Cunningham or one of the high post guys, Christian Bishop and Serge Barry Rice had multiple cuts right off those guys, where it just looks like you're going through to create space, but instead they were cutting, you know, with a purpose. And again, just so many different ways this basketball team could win and get points on the board, which makes them dangerous this time of year.
2: Yeah, no question about it. That's that's why they are our horn hoop hoops experts, and I'm just the point guard delivering. Uh, you make the, some good passes, the direct passes, baby, <laughs> to set y'all up for the alley hoops. <laughs> like Arterio Morris with his elbow up over the over the rim from Jabari Rice. That is a, a legendary moment from this season for the Longhorns. We'll see if they can carry it out. But I agree. The other thing that, that is obvious to me is just the the layman basketball fans, a, is and Patrick, is when they're in this three-guard lineup and everything you just described down low is happening, the guards, it's almost like like holiday traffic on 35. Like, oh, my gosh. The lane's open. I can attack. I can attack yeah. off the dribble. Uh, I don't have to settle for threes. I can go all the way to the rack. Uh, you know, it's like it's like when uh, it, it's Labor Day Monday on 35, and not normal Monday on 35. It's open, and they go to the rack, and the attacking style of of the uh, of the guards on top of the three-point shooting was pretty. Uh, Pretty uh, obvious in the games over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Tyrese Hunter in these past
0: couple weeks since that Iowa State game when he finally got to the point where he's like, look, if the three-point shot's not falling, that's fine. I just need to make the decision quick so I can put him on their heels. He's fast enough to get to the rim, and he started getting there and getting so many more foul calls, and then he gets his free throws, Then the shot starts to come back. There you go. But that type of play, that's what you talked about earlier, when you have that confidence and you just play basketball. That's not where you're worried about. Coach Terry ripping you when you come to the sideline because why would you do that? You go, no. I, look, you're not turning the ball over on that. You're turning the ball over because you let the defense reset. Then you look at who you're going to pass to, and then you throw the ball that way. That's a turnover. But if you just go to the basket and you go up there, if they don't get the foul call, believe me, Rodney Terry will be the first one to go yell at those officials for you. You can get up and run back down the other side. The The ability that they're having to spread the floor right now, and I think Tyrese Hunter is a big part of that when his play stepped up, that defenders are now having to really respect him up more than they were in that middle part when Texas lost those couple games near the near the season. Yeah, yeah, he
1: was offended when they put Grady Dick on him yeah. last Saturday when Kansas came to the move. <laughs> he was offended, and he went at him. And he went at him last night too. Now he wasn't really effective, but just him being aggressive as of late. It's something that we didn't see, especially when Chris Beard got the boot. We didn't Tyrese Hunter just kind of was really conservative, didn't take his, you know, chances when it came to score and really didn't take his opportunities like he uh, should have. Now he's playing off of closeouts, his shot is coming back, and you can't help off those guys. When those three guards are in there, you can't help off anybody. That's why Timmy Allen, I think, coming off the bench. That might be best for this squad, but at the end of the day, it's game by game. And one thing that Chris Beard didn't do that now Rodney Terry does do that I love, Dylan sue and Christian Bishop playing at the same time. They could play at, in the game at yeah. the same
2: time. Twin Towers. Because yeah,
1: go- they
0: can pass. Yeah. And Christian Bishop's a really good passer. He had that pass yesterday, that little catch and behind the back pass. Right. That pl- You're like, that, that's NBA-level stuff right there. That is... Not a lot of big men can do that.
1: Super skilled, exactly. So just having the confidence, and now you're not getting killed on the boards like you were before when maybe Timmy Allen was playing your four or Dylan Mitchell was in there for a little bit too long. And, yeah, yeah, this team, they're clicking at the right time, and that's how you want to be when
2: it's March. As they call your Patrick Davis, Aaron Hogan. It's the Horn Selection Day special, Christmas Eve for all basketball fans. If you love hoops, you're a hoops junkie. This is the uh, the eve of maybe the best week of – Well, you throw NFL free agency on top of March Madness on Thursday and Friday into the weekend. This is one of the better weeks of the sports calendar. Uh, And it's also a good day for the Longhorns if you're paying attention. Horns won the Big 12 championship on the men's side. Women played into the championship game but lost today to Iowa State. Uh, But they're going to be one of the top 16 seeds when the bracket is announced tonight on the women's side. Texas baseball swept Manhattan over the weekend. And Scotty Scheffler with a walk-in-the-park win at the Players' Championship on the PGA Tour. Uh, He was locked in at TPC Sawgrass. So good weekend for the Longhorns for sure. It's the Horn Selection Day special, and we're talking about it uh, as we crank this thing up. And uh, uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, Texas is the two-seed in the Midwest region with Houston as the one-seed. Texas is in a four-team side with Texas playing Colgate, the 15-seed. On the other side of the bracket there, Texas A&M will play Penn State. This is in Des Moines, Iowa. The winners will meet, which obviously Texas could be playing the Aggies at uh, round two, round of 32, which would be Saturday, time Yet not yet known. Obviously, both have to win to get there. And I'll say this, Zay, uh, you know, there'll be criticism of the committee, right? There'll be commit criticism of how they select this thing. I, I could argue Houston, Texas over Houston because of quality of wins and resume. Obviously, Houston with over 30 wins and only three losses, all that. I get it. But how about A and M as a seven? Let's revisit that conversation because Alabama is the one seed overall in the tournament. They are the number one overall seed. Aggies are second place in the SEC. At my last check, they played in the conference championship game, and they're a seven.
1: Yeah, it's come odd. on, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah I
2: don't. I, that seems low.
1: Yeah, it's odd, but you can see that they want that Texas. Yeah, a Texas a And M game.
0: And that's the thing is you're going to say Duke gets in after having not a great beginning of the season. They're a five seed. Yep. in a terrible conference, the yep. ACC. And a And M's a seven. I don't. I don't get that. That seems. That seems like they were trying to put together a Texas-Texas A&M game, and they oh, yeah. they had to make it work.
2: Make the puzzle. I mean, when you cut the puzzle pieces to make it fit. <laughs> yes. uh, Big 12 with seven total teams in. The Big 10 and SEC with eight. Of course, they have 14-team conferences at this point, but uh, seven of the ten are in out of the Big 12. Only three not to make it are, uh, what is it, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and... Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, I believe, was the first out.
0: First out. So they were <laughs> they were right there. I I would have put them in yeah. personally. I think you know the Big Twelve was just super tough this year. Oklahoma State had some some rough games, but. I would have had them in. But, yeah, first team out, not a good look. I would yeah.
1: have had them in, too. All the injuries that Mike Boynton had to deal with this year, Musa Cisse, he was in and out the of. They would have had him all year long. Who knows where they would have been ranked in the Big 12 this season. You saw Avery Anderson get hurt with that sprained wrist. He didn't play all the Big 12 tournaments. So, you know, Boone, he was dealing with issues off the yeah. court with the coach, like getting into it and stuff, I, not
0: I, all there. I think Caleb Boone has some injury going on because he just did not look like the same player when we played him uh, this weekend.
1: He was he, good this year. He was really good, and he's killed
0: Texas every time he plays him. And he just wasn't hitting anything at the rim. So I can imagine he was
2: going through something too, possibly physical, definitely mental with him and Boyden. I will say this: where's my, where's our Mike Gundy cut? That's garbage, because Oklahoma <laughs> State is not in, and and Pittsburgh is. Pittsburgh is ranked 67th <sighs> in the country. Arizona State in the net ranking. Oklahoma State, I should say, in the net rankings, ranked 43rd. See that's that Duke so, stuff that Patrick's talking about.
1: It's garbage. Yeah. So Chappelle. What's his name at uh, Pitt it was a former Duke guy. So
0: yeah, that, and that's I mean the fact that North Carolina, look, I get their name school. They did not deserve to be in the first four out. Even the only reason they're in the first four out is because they're North Carolina. Duke and North Carolina both get that help in, and Oklahoma State gets pushed back because of it. Texas A and M gets pushed
2: back because of it. Uh, so well, so I could disagree with some of those. Last four in were Mississippi State, who's currently in the net rankings, ranked forty eight. Pittsburgh 67, Arizona State 68, and then Nevada is in at 37. The last four out were Oklahoma State at 43, which, gosh, that's 25 ranking ranking points higher than either Pittsburgh or Arizona State. Rutgers 40, North Carolina 48, and uh, Clemson 69 or 60. Uh, North Carolina, what a story, though, Zave, to go from the national championship game one year ago playing Kansas for the national championship. I know Brady Manick is a – the man causing panic, and he was really good. But Hubert Davis, to be preseason number one, bring everybody back essentially off of a team that played for the national championship and not make the tournament, that is an epic fail yeah yeah
1: and sometimes <laughs> that happens sometimes Chemistry, you, know, man. you know now with NIL you win and you go to the national championship game and you weren't supposed to the year before now you start getting different deals you know Michael Jordan he's coming around throwing you kicks and stuff you getting a lot of things free over there in Chapel Hill which when they love you they really love you you get mad love out there hair? like they did Yeah, <laughs> we see it here and you don't come in with the same focus you don't come in with that same tenacity and that same grittiness and hunger that you did in the year prior. And, yeah, I'm with you, E, Brady Manning. He wasn't that good. He wasn't that good. So this is a
2: He spread big, the floor, though. He could stretch threes, stretch did. big. and He did. He, he came yeah, he could shoot, shoot better than Davis. Nance can. Like, Nance just did
0: not have a good season most of the year shooting threes, and Manning could hit threes, which that a, was a big difference. But I think North Carolina this whole season basically tried to be an offensive team, and they couldn't hit shots. And at some point, you need to try and play some more defense if your shots aren't falling and they just never picked up the intensity on the
2: defensive end. Well, you know, we'll obviously have, uh, you know, four or five days to nitpick about this. I just, the Big 12, I think, should have gotten eight. I think Oklahoma State should have been in. And maybe the injuries, because their leading scorer, Avery Anderson's going to be out with a wrist injury, not coming back. Maybe that played into it, right, where he's, that's a big part of their 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 scoring offense and he's not going to come back. Uh, but still, I thought their resume was in. And I think Texas's resume is better than Houston's or some of these others. But either way, Houston a two. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Houston a one, Texas a two. Texas is essentially the five seed in this tournament, uh, the number one two seed playing Houston in the Midwest. I don't know what Pittsburgh's doing in this tournament at 67 overall and Arizona State at 66. But you know, today they got to go regional. Right, they got to try to try to fit pockets and travel and all that. I just think uh, I think Oak State got screwed a little bit on this deal, but uh, that's that's where it stands. They you know they needed to win a couple more games, but it's the Big 12. There are no nights off.
1: Yeah, no nights off at all. Speaking of the Big 12, Oklahoma State went six and 12 in quad one games. So <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> like their schedule, all of them are quad one games. Basically, quad one games. Eighteen. That's ridiculous. And I know they lost a few, but they beat a lot of good teams too. Where the last team to get in, Nevada, there's no. Nowhere near that. Not even close playing in the Mountain West. I saw them lose this past weekend. They got former Texas uh, uh, big Will Baker on their squad. He did do not another So <laughs> I, I don't get them getting in either. But hey, it is what it is. Maybe they're still punishing Oklahoma State for whatever oh, yeah. they got in trouble for last year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about, hey man, we have to play a number one seed twice a year, we
2: have to play a number two seed twice a year, and we have to play a number three seed twice a year.
0: Not a lot of teams have to, do, not a lot of conferences
2: have no. that. Amen. No, well, and again, I think that's that's it's not to overhype the Big Twelve. It's to say, okay, so there are eight teams out of the uh, Big Ten in, but you know there are 14 teams. So you have nights where you play North or you play. Uh, one of the lesser teams in the conference. It's not very good. Big Twelve doesn't have that. There are only ten teams. They're all pretty damn good. And uh, Oklahoma State on the short end of that deal. I. I think, but again, for the Aggie fans out there, I just still don't get them as a seven. That doesn't make sense. And I thought Patrick made the great point that Duke's a five, and they had similar seasons. Rough early, but playing their best basketball late. And I know Duke won the ACC championship, where A uh, and M lost to the number one overall seed in the tournament. But I think seven is uh, sliding the Aggies and Buzz Williams. But as we say, made-for-TV conversation next Saturday. Could be Texas and Texas A&M playing to move on to the round of 16, which will be a lot of fun. But uh, that's where it stands right now. If you're just tuning in, it's our Horn Selection Sunday special. Aaron Hogan, Zay Collier, and Patrick Davis. Houston did lose today, by the way, in the AAC Tournament Championship game to Memphis by 10 points to Penny Hardaway's team. Longhorns, of course, won the Big 12 championship. Quick timeout, uh, Zay was mentioning Rodney Terry and how he's like family to him. Uh, we'll let you hear Rodney Terry talking about who he's dedicated this season to. What a year it's been, December the 12th. We know the potentially the wheels came off of the Longhorn season with the Chris Beard arrest. Uh, And what went on subsequently for the next three or four weeks. And then he was terminated for cause. And now Rodney Terry is the head coach. And they're playing as a two seed. We'll let you hear from Rodney Terry. Very emotional after they won the Big 12 tournament yesterday in Kansas City over Kansas with their second straight blowout win over the Jayhawks and as many in in, in a week's period. We'll pick that up on the other side of our quick timeout. All right. I don't want to go all Dickie V and faux outrage off the turnbuckle on this, but... A is a seven seed. Kentucky's a six. Really? <laughs> Come on, NCAA. We're gonna be better than that. Seriously. I mean, again, it's not too. I'm excited about the Texas Texas AM potential matchup in round two. If you're a Longhorn fan, don't be afraid of it, but you got to play it. But at the same time, uh, that's a that's that's the second place team in the SEC who just played for the SEC championship, being a seven seed, who's your second round matchup potentially if you beat uh, Colgate. Uh, that is uh, that is that's that's. Kentucky's higher seeded than A&M. How's that, Zay?
1: Yeah, that's very (laughs) odd. i got to look at those quad one wins and compare them. We know Kentucky's schedule, it's pretty thick, and especially in the preseason, they play a lot of those really good teams like Kansas and whatnot. So I'll have to check, but it doesn't make much sense. As far as Duke goes, fellas, I think the committee's rewarding them for all the injuries that they've had. And dealt with, and then overcame, and now I've won the ACC tournament. Even though the ACC is weak as hell.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you. I think that Coach Calipari has some phone numbers that aM doesn't have.
2: <laughs> <That> he <laughs> well, may have made some phone calls to, <laughs> like to maybe say, fight like, for his cause. It's like officiated or umpire. You just want it consistent. That doesn't seem yeah. like it's no. Consistent. It's not consistent at all. It's not consistent. It's like what do we? Whoa, whoa! And again, I, I I grew up in the city of Houston, and I grew up a 5 slam a jam a Houston Cougars fan. So I'm happy for Kelvin Sampson and the program. But Houston's best win all year is a win over Virginia, who's a 4C. That's their best win. Um, they lost Alabama at home. They lost Oregon. Um, of their three losses, their conference is only going to send two teams themselves and the team that won the tournament in Memphis. And Memphis wouldn't have made it if they hadn't beaten Houston today by 10 points. So they, they're, a one, they're really a one-bid conference. And somehow they're more qualified or higher ranked than Texas, who has 14 quad one wins and has double two wins over Can K- K- Kansas. They have a win over Gonzaga. They have a win over Baylor. I mean, it's, it's apples to oranges, but again, that's uh, because I do think being the two does matter when you realize you're going to play A&M as a seven instead of playing, you know, the draw that, that Houston gets, which is different as a one, but you know, that's the tournament. That's the bracket. And, uh, not sure why A and M is behind Kentucky. That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me uh when it comes down to it. But the uh, the committee. We wanted to hear from Rodney Terry before we get to the top of the hour because uh um I thought it was a great piece of of sound a minute ago, Zay, when you're talking about your your grandfather couldn't even watch the game because he's so emotional about Rodney. Yeah, my pops. Oh your pops. Yeah, my pops, yeah. Your pop. How long did Rodney coach for your with your dad at Bowie?
1: Um probably about three years. Wow. Yeah, around three years. Um coach Terry, he wanted to Get into the college game, and they were trying to, at Baylor, they wanted to see if my dad wanted to go to Waco. I remember him telling me that. Yeah, and my dad was like, no, I want to raise this one kid, and hopefully this kid becomes a basketball star. Instead, he became a lazy, just sports junkie that does radio, so Pops, (laughs) you failed there, but at the end of the day, you know, Coach Terry, he went off to Baylor, and then went to UNC Williamson, came back with Rick Barnes, and y'all know Fresno State, UTEP, and now he's here at UT, so... Crazy, but amazing journey for Rodney Terry.
2: Well, amidst a tumultuous year where he took over for Chris Beard under beyond uh, tough circumstances, we know that situation. But uh turns out that Rodney Terry's father passed away in August, and here's Rodney uh, after the game, after they beat Kansas for the second time in as many Saturdays and won the Big 12 tournament, cut down the nets. Here's Rodney Terry, very emotional about uh, who he has dedicated this season to. Man, we just enjoyed this journey. You know, I've really tried to – you know, live what my feet are every day and uh, just, you know, like I tell our guys all the time, you know, live in the present right now. You can't control uh, the future or the past, but you just live in the present and uh, um, man, it's a great day to be alive. I say that every day to our guys, but uh, uh, me personally, I haven't given a lot of thought to that. Uh, really tried to dedicate this season to my dad. I'm, I lost my dad in, uh, in August and i uh, He he would be really excited right now. Man, we just enjoyed this journey. Really good stuff right there. Uh, Chills, for sure. And um, how about the... The love, the genuine love for that, that team, for their coach uh, today when they won that game.
1: Yeah, you could tell at the end of the game, they were just jumping on Coach Terry when he was getting his post-game interview. And yeah, at CDC, he's going to have a really tough decision to make. We know a lot of it based on what they do on Thursday and beyond. But man, Coach Terry's done a hell of a job, and I'd be glad if he came back as coach for the 2024 season. Yeah,
2: well, yeah. I mean, I think that's going to be a big decision for the university and Chris Conti and Jay Hartzell to make. I mean, it's about you got to look for the big picture the next 10 years, but is he the right coach? But, well, boy, he is certainly. And I don't know, Patrick, you've had a front-row seat for it all year long, uh, the challenges of December into the conference of, of the Big 12, and he's done an amazing job. It's hard not to root for him. No,
0: I mean, it, and that's the thing. The thing is it all comes down to, look, if you can get into the second weekend and you win two games – Becomes a lot harder to fire you win three. I don't know how they I don't. I don't know who you think's going to be doing better. Whose resume is going to be better if he wins four? I don't. If, if you're even talking about it, if he wins four, then you're out of your mind.
1: If he wins two games and beats a And M winning two games, that's <laughs> maybe, just a little icing these, on the cake. Maybe
0: some of these boosters will be a little bit yeah, happier. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's that's different. Them, that's a different type talk of some win. let trash in Des Moines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: that's a different win going into the second weekend
2: Well, and I, I just find that the, the whole conversation is so fascinating Because, as I said, I went to St. Edwards and knew Rodney Because when, Rod, when I got St. Ed's in the early 90s, guys Rodney was just finishing at St. Ed's And he was a really good player and that's when he began coaching at middle school, what, a small middle school, Zay? Yeah, Porter. <laughs> Porter Middle School.
1: Not even open no more.
2: But so when I first got to St. Ed's as a, as a freshman, I hung out with a lot of older guys because we were playing intramural football and whatnot together, and so Rodney would come to the parties. And so I, they all knew Rodney, <laughs> and he's just the nicest guy in the world, just like he is now. So you root for him like crazy. But at the same time, you know, he, he left a, a head coaching job to come here to coach Texas, and it kind of felt like this was going to be where he wanted to finish his coaching career, coaching for, Rick Ma- or for Chris Beard. You know, has a nice house there in South Austin, right behind uh, South Congress down in that little uh, cool area. And, you know, coach out his years as an assistant because, you know, the idea was Chris Beard was going to be here 15 years, 20 years, and, you know, name the floor after him. I don't know. And obviously that didn't work out. So now Rodney's the coach. And if he doesn't get the job, then what's he going to do? Then he's got to go somewhere else. And it's like, man, that is a tough deal. And you wonder if, even if they decide they want to hire, You know, somebody else, Nate Oates or Billy Donovan's name's been mentioned and others, that Rodney would stay as the top assistant. I don't know. I mean, those are all conversations. But, man, we've got weeks of basketball to go, and as you guys just said, he's going to make his case. He's going to try to earn his spot, and his players certainly believe in him. And I would say this, it's important, as important as a a run here, Zay, in this tournament is to keep the recruiting class together, right, to continue to, to show that you can keep Ron Holland, the big kid out of the Metroplex, and the kid A.J., uh, Johnson out of Los Angeles, the point guard. You keep this recruiting class together, and you add some others to it. Well, because the Longhorns are going to replace a lot of guys. One of the things about this team that we know they're they're the third oldest team in college basketball. I mean, they got a bunch of 22 and 23 year old players that are a lot of them are moving on. So you got to be able to restock. The, the, the farm, as it were If he can recruit it and, and continue to bring in the talent And sell it, sell the vision that Chris Beard was selling Then absolutely he deserves every opportunity
1: 100% and keeping those guys Like Ron Holland and A.J. Johnson That's huge and having guys like T.J. Ford and Kevin Durant Back you up, yep. that's also big On making Jay Hartzell and CDC's Decision even tougher but Yeah, Ronnie Terry, when it comes to recruiting He could go in any room and Sell you, you know, he's good At talking to these parents, he's good at talking to these kids. He's relatable. He's played the college game, and then he's been around for a very long time. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to have any problem with recruiting, but again, like you just said, with so much that you lose this next year with all these guys that are going to be gone, like Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, you know, Dylan DeSue, uh, Christian Bishop, Barry Rice, you're going to need to bring back some serious talent, and I think Coach Terry, he could do that also.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think the big thing is we know Chris Beard, one of his big selling points was that he was really good in the transfer portal. That's something we don't know what Rodney Terry could do in, but to rebuild a team quickly, you Marcus Carr's a transfer, Timmy Allen's a transfer, Christian Bishop's a transfer, Dylan Dassue's a transfer, like all of it, Jamari Rice is a transfer. We we have a lot of old guys. We They didn't start here. Yeah, so you need right to go that. out and go get Identify some more guys and, and get some more guys in the well, transfer portal. Well, well, and
2: we know when Chris Beard was let go, there were 45 years of head coaching experience on this staff already. I mean, that's, yeah. and that's credit to Chris Beard, right? I mean, who may land at Ole Miss or somewhere else here pretty shortly. Same time, he... Uh, he built a staff on experience, right? Chris Ogden, who was a head coach at UT Arlington, was his chief of staff. He didn't have a spot for him on the coaching staff. He was kind of running the day-to-day ops. Uh, and, yeah, Bob Donawalt and Yurik uh, uh, Meligi when he first got here and then Rodney Terry. I mean, these guys have a ton of experience coaching basketball, and that's really helped with an experienced team. And uh, Chris Del Conte is going to have some tough decisions to make when it comes down to it. And we'll see if Rodney Terry and this team continue to put pressure on Crystal Conte to say, no, this is our guy. Uh, Rodney Terry's going to be our coach moving forward. Recruiting will be important, and the transfer portal. And I'll give him this. To me, the most important player on this team this year has been Jabari Rice. He's been the most consistent player. I agree. Game in, game out. Yeah. And by all accounts, it was Rodney Terry who convinced his staff, hey, I played against that guy at New Mexico State like every year for the last couple of years. We need that dude. We need that dude. And they sold that dude on being a sixth man, Zay. Coming in from a place where he was a starter to be a sixth man. And look how that's worked out. He has been a pivotal key piece to this team as, uh, with 25 wins now.
1: Yeah, we all know Serge Barry Rice's story when Coach Terry and Donald Wilde went down there to talk to him and they said, you know, when you come in, you might not be a starter. you okay with that? He said, yeah, I'm cool with it, but I'm going to finish games for you. <laughs> and that's all that matters. A lot of these players, especially these young guys, they, they can't. Get starting out of their head. If you could embrace coming off the bench and understand your role, that's why I think Timmy Allen going up to the coaches have and say, Hey, coach, if y'all need me to come off the bench, I'm good. I know there's that competitive nature in you where you want to start, but again, what you saw this weekend, these last three games, and how good they look without Timmy Allen. Yes, Kansas didn't have Bill Self. Yes, Kansas didn't have Kevin McCullough, but the offense was just so much more open it flowed so freely everybody was getting shots it was just if you made them or miss them but everybody got quality shots and yeah um I, I, when you talk to a player like Barry rice he's the type of guy And no matter where you put him starting coming off the bench he's gonna be productive and that signature pump fake now you're playing against teams that haven't seen it before oh he gonna get everybody with that those kovate guys it's gonna be on the scouting report don't mean that once you get into the game instincts don't take over and once he puts that ball over his head just natural
2: reaction is to get off your feet the ball fake is uh high level high level incredible i'm gonna put the shirts together yes sir yes sir get some (laughs) yes sir t-shirts going here on the horn uh i will say this we'll reset the entire bracket coming up including uh, the longhorns in the midwest bracket is the number two seed uh playing colgate on thursday in des moines iowa we'll run through all of them kansas is a one seed houston is a one seed alabama and purdue Our one seeds. We'll run through the Big 12 teams in and where they're going. It is our March Madness Selection Sunday live special here on the Horn. Keep this in mind, guys. When Texas hits the court on Thursday against Colgate, they have three guards on the floor potentially who start the game who started and won tournament games one year ago with different teams. Marcus Carr was the starting guard for Texas, and they won their first-round game. Jabari Rice was the starting guard at New Mexico State. They won a first-round game. And uh, Tyrese Hunter was the starting guard at Iowa State. At the point level, and uh, he they won a first round basketball game. This is an experienced backcourt, and what wins in March? Guard play. That's right, guard play, free throw shooting, toughness. Uh, Longhorns have a lot of that, and, and they may have found their their exact right lineup with you guys. You guys have talked about maybe Timmy Allen off the bench for Dylan Mitchell with the three guards. They might have found that in Kansas City because of Timmy Allen's ankle injury. We'll come back, pick it up. It's our selection special here on the horn.